All right, everybody. So this podcast, we're talking about technology. We're talking about how keyless entry systems, the back end, all of that, that front end that we're talking about, that is Janus. Janus Nokia is our sponsor here. And the we mentioned it twice in the podcast about their Nokia product. So you can follow the link below to understand more about that keyless technology that they utilize. We have it in our facilities. Um, and it's a key strategy for us moving forward and how we can break into markets with an edge that other people don't have. So Janus is known for their metalwork, for their doors, everything else, but you got to check out the, as well the no-key side and what's going on there. So follow that link below. Exactly. So much of this podcast is based around this idea of competition in the marketplace nowadays with technology and how things are changing. And uh, it aligns perfectly well with uh, this this entire podcast today. Uh, the solutions that Janus has over there are just fantastic. Check out the link, uh, click those in the show notes. And also, uh, you guys might be looking to throw Noki in a new build or you're looking to acquire a facility. Uh, that said, be sure to check out the link below for Live Oak Bank and their uh, incredible financing options that they've got over there. Uh, they're a partner that we've chosen to partner with here at Self Storage Income. We've used them. We've coordinated with them, uh, have a lot of history with them. They, they do great work. They know the storage industry. They do extremely well. And so much of the hurdle of financing is uh, explaining the storage industry to individuals that um, are ultimately going to be lending you money. And uh, of course, you're going to have to dive into you know the deal and show that you actually know what you're talking about when you're working with Live Oak Bank, just as with any bank. Uh, but they know storage. You're not going to have to explain the industry to them. They understand the values. They understand where these things are coming from, how to look at storage. And uh, that's a huge, huge help. And they're a fantastic partners. So go check them out. They have some incredible financing options in regard to SBA loans. You can check those out. Um, they have some really cool incentives going on from now until uh, September 2021. So right now it's uh, May of 2021. So if you're looking at jumping in and uh, getting financed with an SBA loan, check that uh, link out below and make sure you look at all the options they've got SBA wise because uh, there's some pretty incredible incentives they've got going on right now. So with that said, Enjoy, everybody. This is a fantastic podcast. We'll see you next time. Looking to create wealth and income through high cash flowing real estate? Self storage is the fastest growing and the newest real estate asset that has outperformed all others. What's its secret? I'm AJ Osborne, and with over a million square feet that we have built, acquired, expanded, and even converted big box stores from small third tier markets to large hundred plus thousand square foot facilities, we have seen it all. This is the podcast that we're going to discuss and bring on the best investors and operators in the nation to show you how to create wealth and income with self-storage. Welcome to Self-Storage Welcome, everybody, to Self-Storage Income. And today's podcast, back by popular demand, um, we have Lance Watkins. Now, you have, may have heard of Storage Treasures, Storage Outlo um, Outlet, Store Local, Storage Wars, Charity Storage, and Tenant Inc. These are all things that Lance started or helped create. 
Um, he's been in the self-storage world for a long time. We already, we've had a podcast with him back, well, long ago, was that? Yeah, that was a long, it was a long time ago. A long time Way ago. Way back in the day That's when right. we were just kicking things off. So it's going to be sweet to, uh, to touch base with him and, uh, see what, uh, all is new and what's going on. And, uh, it's going to be ex- an exciting, exciting episode. We've got a lot of ground to cover and looking forward to all of it. And, and too, that still today, I think one of, that's still today, one of the most um, popular podcast we have. There's so many questions. So we were, we were we were sitting under a flight path for that thing. Oh my goodness, that's remember, right. You remember that? That's right. That is the one that you guys were just hanging out outside or whatever. Yeah, you you can yeah. go back and listen okay. to that, and you can still hear the the planes flying over. <laughs> <laughs> we were hanging out. Uh, where were we, Lance? Were we in your your? We were in. Uh, yeah, we, you were in your house. We were on a patio. That's right. Uh, but that was a good discussion and everybody loved it. So appreciate you coming back on for this one. Cause we, you know, the whole world of automation, touchless, um, uh, rental systems that how does, how all of this is integrating the technology and the landscape that has changed and what people should know about or understand that you need for a, uh, keyless entry system, a true touchless system to run through that really makes the automation. It, it, it makes it or breaks it. And I think this is the back end. People really don't understand what's involved. So thanks for coming on here so we can talk about this. Thank you. So I think we're going to cover quite a few things today. But, um, you know, there have been what people have referred to as online rentals um, for a number of years. We were one of the first companies to, to, to really dig into that space. Um, and we've heard of contactless rentals and we've heard of touchless rentals, right? There's been all these terms thrown around, but what I'd really like to focus on is, is, is think about e-commerce and think of the difference in the experience you have with other e-commerce platforms that you, that you interact with on a daily basis, right? I mean, there's, there are, um, um, online stores that we all interact with that are incredibly difficult and painful and you kind of leave with the wondering if the product's going to show up. And then there are products where it's one touch, basically. Um, think of Amazon and, and and others like Shopify that have created systems like that, where you have um, a very simple process. It's easy to understand what you're doing and you have an expectation of what's going to happen. So let's not... Um, Let's not talk about online rentals or touchless rentals or contactless rentals without thinking about the high bar that's set by other companies and what's in the consumer's mind, because I think that's very critical. Um, you, know, uh, you, you can you can provide a good experience or a bad experience, and it, and it can make a big difference. Well, you're exactly right. And online, so online... Um online businesses in general, they analyze something that's called a bounce rate, right? And that's when people come into their system and then for some reason or another, they don't complete that purchase. They bounce out of it. And I always like to think and tell people, your storage facility, your asset, it has a bounce rate too. You just don't track it. But for some reason, you were getting people in, whether it's your marketing or other things like that, and they didn't go through. They didn't complete that purchase. You were unsuccessful in obtaining that um, customer. And where in the process did that happen? And how did it happen? Like, where's your bounce rate happening? And like you said, when it's seamless, right? Like Amazon, that one click bounce rates, super, super low. But the more complicated you get, those bounce rates go up because more people are like, I'm done. I'm not dealing with this. This is too hard. I just had this yesterday. I was trying to buy a book and I could not 
get the book to produce. Something was wrong, everything. And I really wanted this book. And um, I was literally on their site and I tried for like three minutes and I was finally like, I don't even care. I'm just done. So, I chose so, not to buy so, it. Somebody already bought your book, AJ. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's like, it was it. you, Lance, <laughs> wasn't it? It was you. You were the person. Uh, that's so funny. <laughs> Now, I'm really excited about this already. I mean, just, just framing this in the mindset of, of looking at storage like e-commerce and that overall user experience as it relates not only to this industry, but across other industries and what that standard is these days for that user experience and, and consumer experience. I, I, I love that. Well, well, what I'm, what I'm hoping is that, um, you know, there's a big advantage, I think, within this podcast because the, the audience that um, you guys have is um, – I think younger, um, uh, a little more um, native digitally, and um, and really understand the difference. And I and I honestly think the advantage going forward in this industry is going to be heavily tilted towards the newcomers that are coming in. Like they they don't even think of the way things have been done in the past as e- even a possibility. It just does it doesn't even register with them. And so. Um, the good news is we we have an audience, and I you know it's it's unfortunate. I have a I have a photo that I was going to use for another um, for uh, uh, another um, meeting, I guess is is a word to say. And it, it's a picture of it's actually my facility. It's a it's one of the few facilities I bought. I, most of the stuff I developed personally, and um, and this old facility has a lift, right? And it is a piece of crap, right? I mean, it's bent up. It's dangerous. You know, it, some of the some of the people that are that are listening remember seeing these things. You know, you like lift up a gate and you put the crap in there, and you close the gate and you push the button, and then you go up the stairs and meet it and take your stuff out. It's terrible. It's a terrible experience. We were just talking about this um, the other day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and and I have like eight of them at this giant facility oh, in, in, in Chula Vista, and it is a piece of crap. Um, well, you know, you would never consider building a facility with that today, and yet it, they're less expensive than elevators. Um, there's less regulation around them than elevators. There's less maintenance, so to speak, than than with an elevator. You don't have to have phone lines and copper wire and all the things you have to have with the elevator, but the consumer wouldn't accept it. And you, you need to think of your e-commerce that way because the majority, and I mean the overwhelming majority in this industry, this is where it's such a huge advantage, um, and, and I can go you know, pretty much even to the public companies, the experience that they have from an e-commerce perspective is that piece of crap lift still today. So you have such an ability to dig in here and 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 present your product in a superior fashion to you know ninety percent of your competitors easily. Well, and, and two, so you it's, gotta, a, it's it's a topic that you can make money with. Well, and two, you got also got to put into you know frame here that a lot of people are like. You know, and, and I hear this all the time. And I don't understand why this misconception is around. Do I? Yeah, but millennials don't use as much storage, which is totally opposite. The vast majority, the largest generation of utilizers of self-storage are millennials. They've surpassed by far now baby boomers by far, not even close. And so your customers are already there. How they want to purchase, how they want to acquire, and even baby boomers. It's not the baby boomers aren't. They're there too. They've been already, their habits have changed based upon 
how they're consuming already. And if your product isn't fitting into that realm, you're not capturing those people. You just yep. miss out on that market. Yep. So, and that's a good point. When we hear contactless and touchless, um, we really prefer to think of the term touchless because contactless um, it, it really sounds like that, right? There's no there's no assistance in the process, and in a good process, there's always some assistance, some way, somehow. Whether it's a phone call, whether it's a chat whether it's a text, whether it's somebody there physically, there's, there is some form of assistance. Um, now, you know, the, the, the term touchless um, still allows you to get from your home to the door, meaning the actual door that you're going to open up to store your, your you know, your, your, um, your boxes or furniture or whatever it is you're storing. Um, and you can do that on your own, but um, um, I think it's important to to remember that in this process of, of storage, there are still people involved. There are still centers that that assist and help, and they need to all be tuned in. And, and one of the things that we'll we'll learn about today or talk about today are all the things that you really need um, to have a, and we, we can't cover everything, but we'll cover the basics of what you need to provide a, a, an online e-commerce platform. You know, so that this is going to be a lot, you know, in itself. I want to yeah. kind of jump right in. Like, let's talk about, let's get into this, you know, thinking of this e-commerce, thinking of how this is going to work. What, first of all, what is involved to accomplish that? Like, what do we, what does the consumer uh, and when I say consumer, I am talking about like me as a self-storage operator. Like, what do I need to understand that's involved? Because I've seen a lot of different systems out there that are saying, you know, we're um, keyless or totally, or automated. totally automated, things yeah, like that. But one. all they're doing is patching in. They're yeah. like patching in systems and weird. They're leaving keys somewhere or they're, it, it's not really that. They're just patchworking onto a site with an email so basically somebody asks to rent it and you figure out a way to get them that rental while you're not there. Right. Not even, even the public, <laughs> yeah. Even the public companies are, are, are doing that. Right. If you, if you guys can imagine this, the biggest companies in the world, um, you know, some of them worth 40 billion uh, did not have the ability to rent online. And I, and I'll tell you that the, the biggest driver and, and probably the single biggest change management, element that's hit our industry from a from an e-commerce perspective has been COVID. Um, uh, the the you know I call them the three blind mice um, uh, in an organization and that that's the the chief operating officer, uh, the, the the chief financial officer and the president. And often they are the biggest barriers um, to to any sort of innovation or moving forward because um, of the of the, the world they've lived in for the last 40 years has been so profitable, so easy, they haven't had to compete. And so they don't really wanna work. They don't wanna be disruptive because what we're gonna talk about today is very disruptive to your organization. You have to be prepared to rip some things apart to provide you know, an e-commerce or a, a touchless experience. Um, and there are varying ways of doing it. You can get as sophisticated as of electronic locks and electronic gates and things like that, and Bluetooth entry systems, or you can go to call it combination locks and 
um, um, and still have a way to get through gates. So there are varying ways to to provide that level of service, but it's still disruptive um, to to your organization. And everybody is going to have to work, and everybody's going to have to teach people new systems. And there's going to be education and software changes and migrations to cloud from you know desktop versions that are people are running on and 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 all the systems have to be into the cloud and we're going to get into that in a minute but um it's but that, it's this really... comes back down to though your your point you made earlier lance where you know some of the biggest opportunity is for the people that are just coming into the industry because they uh, don't have huge. they don't have to destroy what they built 20 years ago which now doesn't work as efficiently they can actually start up and build brand new and have yep. processes and systems that are based upon this that allows them to e compete better than the big boys. Right. Or, or, or they're going to look at what's existing, right? What did they just buy in that building? And they're going to look at it and go, are you kidding me? Really? Mm -hmm. Guys, this, this is how you do it? I mean, I, I remember meeting you years ago, you coming out of the insurance industry and visiting a, a storage association meeting and going, walking around going, really? This is how you guys are doing it? <laughs> it was shocking. Yeah. Well, believe me, all the newcomers are going to think that as they come in. And so it's a, it's just a huge advantage. Um, and, and the other major benefit is you're not only serving your customer where they're at today and, and your customers, customer has been trained by Amazon and Uber and Google and Airbnb and Expedia and on and on and on. They've already been, they've already been educated on how to do business, but you also need this set of building blocks that we're going to discuss to get to automation. And if you want to run multiple facilities or smaller facilities or remote or satellite facilities, um, you have to have some automation in there to do it. And, you know, one of the things we're really not going to cover, um, but uh, I, I can tell you, you need to think about it is um, all of this sort of discussion is really concentrating around the funnel to move people in, um, moving them out, call it touchless or contactless is much harder than, than moving them in. And it's, it's a, that's a tough lesson for people to learn because they, they put sometimes years of energy into figuring out how do I, how do I move somebody in? Um, you also have to move them out. Yeah. And, um, and again, that is, you know, there, there there's no such thing as, um, you know, uh, we hear of sort of manless operations or, or humanless storage facilities that doesn't exist in our industry. No. And I, and, and I really don't, it, it, it won't ever, a lot of it comes from the move out process, but certainly just, you know, maintenance and cleanliness and safety and things like that security, there's still an element of humans in, in this business, but you can greatly reduce that, um, that, that, um, that line in your, in, you know, in your expenses, you know, I've been automation. saying, and this is something I've, I've been, we've talked about for so long. And I'm like, you, because there's some people that are like, we're going to go into this, but we don't want to have employees. And I'm like, well, then who's going to do all the work? And you look at, and they go, well, no, no, that's not the thing. See, what we're going to do is they're going to move themselves out. Right. So they're just going to leave. And then when they leave that lock changes and somebody else can then rent it. And I'm like, You've obviously never owned storage because that's not how <laughs> yeah. it works. You bet. Um, yeah. And there's you got to look at all the items, everything's going on in that facility. And two, when you get larger, it's that is just not even. I, I mean, it's hard to understand unless you've had a hundred and fifty thousand square foot facility 
everything that's going on in that building all at once. Um, it's not logical. And even when you get down to smaller facilities, someone still has to get that unit ready for rental. Right. And but, a computer can't do that yet. Which is, which still, you know, to the newcomers coming in, this is one of the most fabulous businesses in the world. You know, I'm going to quote somebody who actually uh, lives very close to you now, AJ, who I brought into the storage industry years ago, and he's been extremely successful, owns a lot of square footage, a lot of facilities. And, um, you know, we disagree on some things occasionally. Um, imagine that. And, and, you know, one of his famous lines is, I'd really love this business if it weren't for my employees or my customers. Right. (laughs) I mean, and, and that's insane because there is no other business where you deal less with employees or less with, you know, customers than this particular space. This is, this is a fantastic space to play in if you don't want to have, you know, a thousand employees and, and dealing with customers every 30 seconds. Um, So automating some of this stuff makes a big difference. Well, and and too, and and you go down to the smaller ones, economically, you have to. Uh, I mean, today where prices are, operation stuff, smaller facilities, the margin's just not there once you include mass labor. So I think a lot of this is being driven by that smaller sector. Once you're under 50,000 square feet, um, you can't keep the same expense load that you can when you're an 80... Um, 90, 100,000 square foot facility. It, the math doesn't work anymore. And especially not at today's prices. It didn't really work right. good at all before, but now it's, it's you, you have to. And, you know, uh, there are four to 500 facilities running in, in the U.S. right now with some pretty significant forms of automation, all done pretty poorly um, and yet profitable. Uh, the other probably big, misconception that exists in that space is that this is a um, an urban only type concept and in in reality it is suburban and rural where the majority of those stores are it works urban but of those you know four to five hundred sort of um, proof of concepts let's call them they are not in downtown San Francisco uh, or New York or LA um, they are in you know sometimes a, a, a county Midwest. road. Yeah, yeah, and, and it makes sense in the Midwest, because Colorado, th- those facilities, those smaller facilities, exist a lot in smaller cities, right? I yeah. mean, when you get into these big cities, to go through the approval process, the cost to build everything, you can't make a twenty thousand square foot facility. So there's very few of those small facilities in major metropolitan areas. Now you leave the big cities; they're everywhere, and you go across all these small cities across the entire country. And your average square foot really starts to drop. What it, what it, you know what we're going to talk about too when when we talk about automation and protection and potentially removing the amount of people that may be physically at a, at a site, it doesn't it does not reduce customer connectivity if you're doing it right. It actually increases customer connectivity because the customer basically has you in their hand at, at any given moment, right? I mean, this right now, you know, this pane of glass, right? This, you know, smart glass, single pane of glass, all the things that we think of as, as, as terms for this um, now provide connectivity to you and your customer in so many different ways. 
Well, so don't don't think of automation as as um, maybe less customer service. It actually increases customer service if it's if it's done right. Well, and I've and I've heard people, and it was interesting. I was at a show, and guys like, you know what? I know we could do that, but I want our customers to come in, and I want them to have that personal touch and to work with our manager. I was like, but do your customers want that? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Like I, I get that you want that. That's great. But yeah. do your customers actually want that? And when so, dealing with storage, I, I, I think the vast majority of people, the answer is no. I need a storage so, unit. I need to get into it. And I don't need it when it's convenient for you. I need it when it's convenient for me. So we called this process online rentals for the last seven or eight years that, that really we've been working on this. And up until COVID, you still had all the public companies not doing it. Um, you still had the majority of the large operators not doing it and the small operators and and you had so many mid-level management people pushing against the concept because they believed um well i don't think they believed it but they said you know if i can't peer into the eyes of that customer across the table i don't know whether they're a good renter right and i i just can't automate automate this well you know COVID came about and all of a sudden it was like, I don't want to take money. I don't want to take cash. I want to lock my front door. I want to put lines on the floor. I want to do everything in the world. Now, they, they, the, the, the real estate mentality wasn't really thinking about the customer. It was, a, it was a serious, call it greed, either worried about HR issues or just paranoia themselves. And they started making changes. All of a sudden the calls were like, how in the world can I do, how can I do business online and how fast can I get there? Overnight, yeah. overnight. And it's kind of sad. Well, for all you new people, it's fabulous, right? Because this is your competition that the only way they could see a path forward and improve their business and actually assist the customer where the customer wants to be anyway, was the threat of dying, right? With 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 yes. COVID, so the literal you, threat. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's. I mean, it's that's it's, what it took to make change. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been working with change management specialists in this industry now for years. To to you know, and there's certain things I've thrown in the towel. I've given up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go beat the crap out of them. I'm just beat the shit out of them in competing with them, um, because they're just not going to wake up. Um, and um, and so it, it's it, it's never been a better time to be in this space. Hundred percent. So let's talk about what goes into this whole online touchless rental system. Um, what what is needed? So let's think about it. Is since we're 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 gonna we're gonna talk about e-commerce. Let's just think of building a shopping cart, right? What what would you put in your shopping cart? Um, if you were, if you were on, uh, Amazon or any great, you know, good online retailer to, before you checked out and we're going to kind of go down the, the, the path with our shopping cart and talk about the various things you put in there. First of all, is that you have to be in the cloud now. Um, and I mean, you know, not only your, your, your point of sale software, but the other applications that interface with the process have to all be in the cloud because the connectivity has to be seamless and it has to be through APIs so that things can communicate, whether that is the, the customer agent who is serving um, that, that customer problem or the texting or you know, the, 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 the pricing or the contracts that get signed you know, or the access control systems. We're gonna, we'll talk about a lot of those, 
but they all have to be cloud-based to be efficient. Because if you're trying to work on the cloud here and you know, a local machine there, and then you know, some other system over there, the, the, the inefficiencies um, will kill you. And they will, and they will, and they will um, um, slow you down, uh, which is one of the things we're going to put on our shopping cart in a minute of speed. But the, the, the next thing, the reason you're going to be in the cloud is because you need access to your data. The biggest lie in this industry is um, that you own your data. Um, with the systems out there, you don't own your data. Um, you know, I, um, there's a, there's a, um, there's a, a speaker coming up to speak on um, data access by somebody in our industry. And it is such a joke. It is like Jeffrey Epstein talking about safe way to travel underage girls on your jet. Um, <laughs> it's, 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 it's that insane that, that they would be um, up there speaking to you uh, at a national show, right? You know, national association, that's that's putting this on that that as far as I'm concerned has lost all their integrity when they do things like this, but they don't have access to their data. And if you don't have access to your data, how do you get people in? How do you sign contracts? How do you use various payment tools? You know, if you want to get to one touch um, um, purchases like you like you have in a lot of the systems now. Which is what built Amazon. If anybody wrote, you know, read Jeff Bezos's letter to to his investors, you know how many billions of dollars of value was created just by one touch purchase. Um, you have to have unlimited access to your data, and it has to be in the cloud, right? So now you'll you'll see there are some there are some emerging technologies that are actually coming backwards and putting some stuff on site and some stuff in the cloud. That's probably bigger data plays, more customers coming through, AI doing things on the fly. We don't really need that in our industry. We, we can live in the cloud forever and have optimal situations. Now, now, hold on. Before you go too much farther, I want to go back to this. Explain the advent. The advantages of the people that have access to it. We say data. Everybody's like, yeah, big data. That's super important, right? Explain the advantages of those that have a lot of data and have control over it in the storage industry versus those that are running off single store information and why those that have access are tromping the other ones that don't. Because it's it's one thing to say, yeah, data is important. But I think a lot of people have a really hard time to understand how that plays out in reality on a day-to-day mm-hmm. mode. Well, you you know, there's 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 so many ways to unpack that, and and we could we could do an entire we could do three of these podcasts just on that topic. Um, so I'm going to go way into today. Um, uh, I believe that public storage for a com- various combination. Um, one, their their major investor just beat the crap out of them recently and said, hey, we're going to change your board and you guys are really sucking in how you're running your business and you need to get more aggressive and blah, 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 and your tech sucks. And I mean, they just tore, it, tore them up inside out. Um, so they stepped up and then they have gotten more aggressive. But they also have gotten very aggressive and they were and they were criticized um, for laying back and waiting. And I... And I <laughs> I'll give you a perfect example, um, and I'm picking on public storage right now. 
the previous CEO of, of public storage, I remember, and it wasn't so long ago, and, and you may have even been sitting in the audience, AJ, but at a, at a, at a, one of the last shows that, that he spoke at, um, technology came up and it was a panel discussion and they asked, um, um, they asked the, the CEO of public storage a, a question about technology. And he said, his, his answer was unbelievable. It was, you know, we just sort of wait around and see what happens. And if we see something, um, you know, maybe we'll move that direction. Now, this is the largest company in the world, in the industry that is innovating absolutely effing nothing, right? So I can understand why those investors were, were upset. Um, a lot of, of um, uh, change has happened very recently with that company and they've got ultra aggressive. Now, getting back to data, their offers, what they are paying currently in the marketplace is setting new records every day. And, Every and day. When you say setting new records, caps. you're talking blowing anything in the past. Bl- blowing, blowing things up. $500 a foot for, for properties that Crazy. aren't even leased up, right? Not even leased up. Now, how is it that they're doing that? Is it is it that they're under so much pressure from one of their large investors that they're just throwing money out there? I don't think so. They're a very conservative, a very, very smart company on the real estate side. Um, I think that they have access to data that none of us uh, have. And, I, I've, and I'm pretty certain I know how they have access to that data. Um, and I think that they're able to analyze deals very quickly and say, you know what, we can move these rents 60%, right? Mm-hmm. So that 2.8 cap, you know, that they're buying you at is maybe a five, five and a half, you know? Yeah. It's, it's a big, big spread. That's one way that data can be used, yeah. right? Data can be used in in converting customers more accurately, um, pinpointing customers more accurately, um, having value pricing models that are more sophisticated than others. Right? It, it it comes across your your whole platform in doing business, and it you know and and this is. You know, real estate guys are always the last to know. So all you newcomers, you're very lucky that you haven't been poisoned by the the, the matriarchs and patriarchs of, of the industries because they're, um, you know, they're still stuck in their ways and thinking that, that business is going to go on like it's been going on. But um, the newcomers in business are always talking about data being the, the new goal. That's, 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 that's where, where people are making a lot of money. So for you to analyze everything you do, every market, um, everything that you're going to do with your customers, having access to that. But, you know, at a micro level, data is just needed for you to do business. Like, how do you connect applications together? How do you provide services? How do you innovate, right? If, well, if, if somebody approaches you and says, hey, I have a new access control system. I have a new AI tool. I have a new bot tool. I have a new call product. I have a new collection product. Just go on. The list goes, you know, it doesn't go on and on because we have a simple industry. There's maybe only 20 of those things, but as innovation happens and they come to you and they say, I think I can improve your business, your operations or your customer um, uh, experience. And you can't plug into that. Do you own your data? Right. Do you own your data when you decide to change 
a vendor and they and they tell you no you can't access it or you have to pay for it do you own your data you don't yeah i i think of two questions that i think you boil this down to be even more simple for people getting started or they have a storage facility. Um, I ask people that I'm talking to about this. When you have a customer who comes in and rents a unit, the first question is, um, why do you want that person to rent from you? Do you want that person or not? And the first thing usually is I've never even thought about it. They're paying me, right? And I'm like, well, okay, now we go to the next question. Why did you choose that price? And data can the big boys, they have answers to both of those questions. They know who they want to rent for them, how much they're going to pay. And they know in any given moment what they should be charging. Um, and they can do that because they have access not just to their own personal store data. They can see it over a wide spread. And they have untethered access, meaning they don't have access that is limited by whatever scope that is in front of them on their screen. They want to see more. They have the ability to see more. If you're a single operator and you're looking at your property management system, right? You don't get untethered access to the data from all the other facilities and you don't get to access anything that you want. That's data and, and limitation. That's and, and that's an extremely difficult problem to solve as a, as a, 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 a I mean, even as an operator of two, 300 stores, that's a difficult problem to solve. It's not a, it's not a simple one. No. So you, you, you have to be creative. You have to think about, um, you know, how you're going to do business and, and you may, you may look at doing business differently, um, based on access to, to systems and data, because everything we're going to talk about, solve you, it. you just need to get a little better, just a little yeah. Right, 10 per, 10% moving in one direction makes a huge difference on the financials. So we put cloud and data into our into our shopping cart. The next thing that 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 we want to add into the shopping cart is speed, right? And and between cloud and data and a really good system, well architected, you can be fast, right? And um, um, you need to be able to serve up your product to the customer wherever the customer is very quickly. Um, Google for a long time has has uh, put a lot of emphasis on on the speed in which um, you know our information is served up to the customer. Uh, then it rotated really to mobile. It was always measured on desktop. It ro rotated to mobile. Well, it's now even a bigger factor. And you also lose a certain percentage of customers on speed, right? We all we all know that there's metrics out there that you know after so many seconds people will drop off because. You know, unless you're in certain markets, you got to remember um, our product is a commodity, and I argue with a lot of people on this, but it is a commodity. And there may be, you know, there may be three facilities that are very close by that can um, give somebody an empty space of a, you know, a ten by ten. Uh, so, so it's interchangeable in the customer's mind, and it's a, it's a, it's a, um, um, a need-based product that's interchangeable in their mind. That is the definition of a commodity, right? People. Uh, People don't wake up in the morning and go, I want to buy myself some storage. You know, that it's not how that's not how it works. Um, some need came up and and they're in the product shopping. So speed is important. Um, uh, you need to be fast in all of your systems, but mostly online. When when people are 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 looking for your for your storage, if you're not, if you're not, you know, quick on the trigger, so to speak, within within maps, local, social, um, uh, and 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 um, and organic, um, you're you're going to get less chances. So 
So speed is, is the next thing we're putting in the shopping cart. And then we're going to follow that with content because it doesn't do any good to be fast and serve nothing, right? Like, like, you know, just about anybody who's really smart with, with web can build, I'll, I'll call it a brochure site and it can be incredibly fast, but does it provide content to the customer? Because we, we're really kind of doing a sort of, even though it's a commodity and it's a simple product, we're kind of doing a sophisticated sale, right? We're hoping to the person and, and ID verify them to have a, a comfort of, of whom we're doing business with. And that in fact, they are the one that is signing the contract because of the, the, the legal process we have in, 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 in the lien laws. Um, we have to have contracts, right? So we, we have contracts in, in this industry. They're month to month. This industry is built on a month to month platform. And, and you need to be able to serve that up. Customer needs to be able to decide, you know, what space they're choosing because they're not getting in a golf cart now with COVID or at least, you know, now they're coming back hopefully to the golf cart. But, you know, they're basically, their golf cart was looking at your sizes on online and trying to say, oh, does that work for me? And that's kind of a difficult thing for a lot of people yeah. to have that spatial awareness. So what does that content look like? Is it video? Is it automation? Is it some kind of other tool, right? You make those decisions, but you need that content. You need the content that relates to sort of the upsells. If you have insurance products or, or auto pay features or electronic locks, What's the content to deliver the value to the customer when they come in to that experience so that you're ultimately ending up at a higher level of rent in that value pricing model, right? And value pricing, and there's a lot of terms for revenue management, value pricing. I don't care what we call it, but give give the customer the opportunity to pay a little more, and a lot of them will. Well, and this Build is really case. important because you're, you're switching out. So you're saying, all right, I don't – I can't train – if you're coming through online – which a huge percentage of renters are to give you any comparison. As of right now, we know that 85% of our renters come from not just online, but mobile. If you're acquiring them through these means and they're actually renting through these means as well, they are no longer meeting face-to-face -face with that manager. So that manager, if they're trained to upsell and you have all these things that you're wanting to do, you're wanting to train them to pick the correct unit or maybe upsell them a unit or the insurance boxes, all that kind of stuff. You need good, clear content to get that cell, to make yeah. sure that that cell is completed. And you see this, like you mentioned, like Amazon, for example, right? You know, you, and you can go and actually look at the changes that Amazon did to increase their, increase their cart size. Absolutely fascinating how they can make one person goes to buy one thing, which they had only, only one thing they wanted to buy. They went to buy a specific thing. They leave with three more items in their cart, right? And there are really good ways of going about this. But two, if you mess that up, it actually increases your bounce rate, meaning that people get frustrated, they get annoyed, and then they leave instead of acquiring. So if it's not even done right, you can actually have the opposite effect. Instead of increasing your cart, you've decreased it and they don't go through with the per uh, uh, purchase. So this content creation is extremely important for that online acquisition and payment. It's also important from, you know, everybody's heard of SEO and, and, and where you show up on maps, right? So content all plays into that as well. Um, um, so if you, if you think about speed being so important and content being so important, those are, those are two opposites, right? 
Because yes. if you've got the, the entire set of Encyclopedia Britannica's on your landing page, and you're going to try and deliver it up in in you know three tenths of a second, um, it's kind of hard, right? So, yeah. so you have to be very clever about um, the systems you're using, the the designs you choose, the acts how you access your data that you that 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 you need, and, and how that's served up. So that's a, that's a that's a tough that's a tough problem to solve, but it has to be solved if you want to compete. You have to have the right content, the right place, and you have to do it fast. The next thing in, in your shopping cart, right? Um, we're gonna we're gonna just say our, our contracts because because you are going to do business online, right? You have to have a contract, and this is not, um, um, you know, we're not we're not buying a you know a, a simple little product that that somebody's sending to us a fishing rod or something, right? We're we're actually signing legal contracts with the customer and often multiple legal contracts with a single rental. We may sign a contract to, to buy into a protection plan or insurance product. We may sign a contract to allow somebody else to have access. We may sign the actual contract um, to, to uh, lease the space. Uh, we may sign a contract for auto pay, right? So there's multiple contracts and you know the attorneys still like those separated so how do you again have those contracts in the cloud how do you serve them up efficiently and how do you get them signed um, easily so that you can transact you know you can you can make it as simple as a click wrap and we all you know we, you may not know the term but every time you've gone to a site and there's that little box and you say i agree to blah 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 and, and if you want to click it you can read the 50 pages behind it you know you can do a lot of this stuff with a click wrap um we just didn't think in in our service offering that it really made sense to do that because the systems are out there now where you can actually build you know, contracts on the fly in the cloud that are that are specific to the transaction you're doing right down to the, you know, the, the, the necessary digits you need and the credit card that doesn't expose you to any PCI issues or the or the, the tenant's name, addresses, et cetera, et cetera. So those contracts are super critical and, and then how you store them, um, how they're accessed, how the customer can access them. That's a that's a that's a critical piece as well that you you, you have to have. And we, we touched on this earlier, is ID verify, right? This is still this is still a significant um, concern in our industry. And this is this is what really held back two things, I think held back. If if you want to look at the REITs, I think that they're usually the targets of the class action suits and they're the most cautious about potentially creating exposure. I understand that. Um, a, a significant part of their business, a very major part of their business from a, um, um, uh, from a, a value perspective or a margin perspective was their insurance product, their, their tenant insurance that they offered. Um, signing those contracts online can be really complicated to do in a way that is, is correct because the insurance laws are very specific on how that process takes place and what happens and what's presented to the customer and how and where. And they were written in a day where online didn't even exist. So it, it's not easy. Yeah. Um, so you, you have to think that if you use a protection plan, it's much easier, but I would still 
caution about having a good contract. Now that you've got that, you want to make sure who you're dealing with with some form of ID verification. So, um, you know, if if you um, use Apple, you've used an ID verification. If you have an Apple credit card, if you've used Airbnb, uh, if a lot of banking now uses ID verify, right? Because certainly the, the the amount of you know theft and um, um, and you know and, and 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 hacking that's happened with people that have that have you know created a lot of um, loss in in the marketplace happens to do with people impersonating others. So. There's a lot of tech around that. It was never imagined for the storage industry. It was way too expensive and too complex for the storage industry, but we were able to sort of piggyback on that now and utilize tech like that so we can ID verify. I think that's really important. And, and in all honesty, I think that these systems do a better job than our managers, right? Absolutely. Now you may you, you may choose as an operator, and, and I believe me, I'm a huge belief in in freedom of choice from a business officer, you know, if, if, if you've got a, you know, a, a, a six foot six um, dude standing in front of you and the idea is a five foot five woman and you choose to rent to them, right? That's kind of the effort button in the software is the way I look at it. You just say, no, I'm, 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 I'm renting to that person. But with those systems in automation, you kind of eliminate that. Right. And so I think that these systems can do a better job day in and day out than our manager can do. Yeah, because I, not, I agree not- 100%. We do, so we do audits through all our facility, lease contract audits, and you will be shocked. Even our best managers, um, we do our random polls of X amount of leases and we go through for quality assurance. Um, and this is very time consuming, by the way. Um, we have to have people that are going to spend mass amounts of times. So we, we think that it's important and part of the training and for ones that don't do it, they're just putting their heads in the sand because a huge portion of those contracts are wrong. And, and people may so, say it's not that important or it's little things or whatnot, it, but it doesn't matter. It's wrong. The online system, almost all the issues that we see on those pulled audited contracts would eliminate. So, you know, back to one of the things we touched on earlier is, is automation increases the relationship with your customer. And there's a perfect example. If you're, if you're a manager, if you, if you are staffed uh, during office hours and your manager is spending all their time sitting there looking at IDs, looking at contracts, printing out papers, you know, going through this laborious process of moving somebody in compared to maybe out on the facility communicating with customers, taking service calls, closing a deal of somebody who did a reservation online and, and, and they can pick up the phone and call them. That is much more valuable time if you if you have somebody that is is on your payroll. I've seen and people leave waiting to talk to a manager. Like they're literally sure. waiting to rent a unit. And whatever the thing is and the contracts they're printing out, taking, they leave. And I'm like, that was a sale we just lost. I left three. I left three stores parking lots this weekend because I think everybody decided COVID was over in Orange County, and literally I'd pull up to a place to get you know buy bread for making Mother's Day thing, and the line was fifty people long. I'd go to the grocery store, and the, the there wasn't even a place to park, and I go to different grocery. I mean, it was it was nuts. They're just um, not going to get taken you know, to jail anymore, so now they're okay with it. <laughs> yeah, and, and and so you know. For this particular product, you, you bear in mind that since this is a need-based product, um, and it's probably a, an event that driven it, that that drove the the, the need, 
Um, the customer is usually not that excited about getting storage. Like this is not this no. is not like hey, I'm getting an, I'm, I'm getting no. a new you know truck or car or side by side or, or it's fishing not an expense they want to pay every month. No, and and so on top of that, to have all that friction in yep. in the in the process, yep. remove remove that friction. Um, so we've 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 covered the cloud and the data and the speed and the content and the contracts and ID verifying. Right? What's the what's the next big piece you need to do this right? Offer consideration, acceptance. Right? So um, consideration payments, payments are a key part of this business, no matter how you slice it, and and when you start getting into different sophisticated systems, you may choose to have that first payment go through um, Apple Pay or Amazon Pay or you know any form of, of payment system that the customer is already engaged with, right? If you think about when, when we buy something with, with Apple Pay, all of the information to build a contract is really within there. So if we wanted to use that, in our ecosystem, um, that may close more deals because it's one we can get to one touch or pretty close to one touch in a relatively, you know, complicated process. So the payment section is is important from the perspective of converting customers, making it easy to use. But then it flips around once you have a customer because the the you know if all of you that can remember sort of web metrics, right? There was this, there was this, you know, um, you know, uh, number of visitors to your site or, or visits per customer, right? Was a metric. And back in the day, you, you if you had a really busy website, I had a website that was, I had, I had the largest trafficked website in the world in 2009 or 10. We were way beyond public storage and people were like, oh, with, well, with that much traffic, we can run ads, right? That was a big thing. Like all this traffic, traffic, traffic. Well, the, the perfect number of visitors to your website uh, or visits to your website is one and done. They come in, they find what they need, they rent it, they pay for it, they go into auto pay and they never come back to your website. You may, you may, if you're really a sophisticated operator, you may reach out to them to move them off to a different payment portal that reduces the cost because the payment area you're having massive margins pulled away from you with a lot of the systems because you don't have access to your data. You don't have the choice of payment processors, right? So, you know, for the low rate of 2.7% or 2.9 or three, or we've seen it stuff is high, higher than five in our industry. Um, you know, one, 1% of gross revenue is, you know, about 4% NOI, three and a half percent NOI. That's huge. Yeah. It's huge. This, this is a game of pennies. Yeah. Um, so payments are not only really critical to make it easy to do business, but it's also critical in the margin that you're operating on uh, going forward so that you're most competitive in the marketplace. And the, the, I think this is the last thing in our, in our shopping cart is once they've done all those things, they've signed their contracts, they already, they paid the whole deal. They got to get access. And we touched on that earlier. How do they get to access to your site? Well, we, we've been, We've been solving that for probably six or seven years, sort of get them through the gate, but that doesn't necessarily always solve the problem, right? How do you how do you expose empty spaces on your space to a potential customer, the right customer, and not anybody that comes through? 
how do they know how to find the space that they've rented? How do they access the space? And there's a lot of different ways of doing that. You can go as sophisticated as like an electronic lock, like a, like a Janus type product that um, they, they can use a, 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 you know, Bluetooth and a phone and a native app and open it. Um, which is, which is uh, you know, a pretty cool way to go. It's an emerging technology that's just starting to, to, to um, you know, come into our industry. Like if, if you've, some of you have visited hotels now where you can go straight to your room and you bypass the, the, the you know, the front counter and check in and all that, you literally open your, open the door of your, of your hotel room. Um, or you can, you can have some other various form of system. Then there's multiple ones you can do. We won't go into all of them now, but, they really need that access through the gate. They need to understand the timing. Um, and, and that access can be more than just the, the, the way to get in, right? If you have that access and it is your data and you own it and it's in the cloud, what if I adjust it? What if I have a customer that's in my system? Remember content? And I say, hey, by the way, if you upgrade to this space, you'll get 20% more access. It's your facility. If you want to give a few extra hours on either end to, to access the facility, maybe you want to give 24-hour access depending on the market, right? How do you do that? And how do you make that decision in the shopping cart, in the e-commerce to AJ's point that they've gotten better at adding more things into their cart? You need all of those things, right? You need the cloud, the data, the speed, the content, the contracts, the payments, the ID verify, right? You need all of that in your system. These aren't simple systems. This isn't easy. You know, you'll have a lot of people if you've got if you've got you know some 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 graybeards in there. They're gonna they're gonna push back on on this because this is just storage. You know, they don't need that. Well, you know, um, I'd rather have that then not have that if I'm, if I'm serving, um, if I'm serving a customer. Well, if there's and anyone out there that is that way, get in touch with us. Cause we like to acquire said facilities. Yeah. Yes. You know, it, 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 it's, it's, it's Don't funny. I, I'm, I, I'm, uh, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm speaking, I'm speaking in, in Vegas and, um, you know, I think, I think my opening line might be, you know, you catch more bees with honey and that, that effing, uh, that effing speech is down the way. Cause I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. And number, and, 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 and number, and number two is, um, you know, for the smarter people in the room, send your acquisition guy out front and the people I piss off and they walk out buy them. Yeah, exactly. hundred percent. Right? Yep. You know, so, um, you know, uh, you know, data, right. Stand in, stand in front of the, stand in front of the people that are delivering a real message. That's, that's, that's hard. That, that just pisses off an operator and, and know that you've got a, uh, um, know that you've got a prospect there. Well, it's and kinda... it, you know, it comes back down to the customer doesn't care. Customer doesn't care about mm -hmm. you. Customer doesn't care about what you want. The customer is going to do what the customer does. The easiest, most convenient way to acquire, to purchase, they will go to. And that will show you have facilities that will maximize occupancy, not revenue, um, because they want pure ease of things. They're not changing the way they work. Um, they let their manager run the facility because it's hands-off because they want to be essentially um, really, really passive, uh, which I just described pretty much 
all our acquisitions. And that's our acquisition model. Uh, and the great thing about storage is there's a plethora of those in the industry. And so many. These tools so many. are getting more and more and more, like the ones that you have created, the ones that are coming online, the innovation that we're seeing. Um, but there's a huge segment of the industry that doesn't want to hear about it. And two, like you said, this is complicated. It's not simple. Most people don't want to take the time to understand. This, this is very difficult and, it, and, it, and it's very disruptive to your organization in every way, shape or form. This is not, you know, this is not a, a Band-Aid. This is not, I mean, this is, this is changing the way you do business. It's like that, that piece of crap lift that I have, um, a bunch of them down there in Chula Vista, right? If I want to change those lifts, right? I have to bring in soils engineers. I'm going to have to dig elevator pits. I'm going to have to put penthouses on that thing. I'm going to have to, to bring power. I'm going to have to bring communication into all those pieces to, to meet the regulations of, of things that need to be in an elevator. I'm going to have to design the landing. Pad. I mean, it, it, it's major surgery to change out those lifts. Hence I haven't done it um, because I, you know, it, it's just, would be massively disruptive to to the operation um and i'm getting away with it now yeah that particular site even if i put sexy elevators the rest of it's a piece of crap so you know if i really <laughs> want to go down that path maybe you know it maybe it's like replace replace it with with the new facility but um, you brought up something there that's i think really uh key it's a lot of work it's a lot of cost and everything and it's working. And working is maybe not a good word for it, but you can do it. People are still renting, right? Mm -hmm. And that, like, I, I'm a huge believer in comfort kills. And in the self-storage world, there is a lot of very comfortable, comfortable owners. Extremely. Extremely. Extremely, ex extremely smart, too. Be, be prepared yeah. Yeah. Be prepared when you're out there communicating with 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 operators have been around for a while. They are the smartest guys in the room because they got into a business where they have made millions of dollars, sometimes hundreds of millions, sometimes billions um, in a business model that they could not screw up. Yeah. Right. Yep. Like like I don't care how long you've been in this business. It is really difficult to remember the facilities that failed. Yeah, it's really difficult. So um, the question isn't it isn't do all these things because you have to because you probably will make a nice profit if you don't do these things. But the difference in the margin is fairly substantial. The value to your property could be very substantial, um, uh, whether you're refining or or selling, and um, and your 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 cost of doing business ultimately is going to be less when this is done correctly. Now, so, I, I think you're right there, Lance, but I got to argue at point. I think that, yes, they've been successful and it's been easy and you can put it up. I don't necessarily think, though, that that's going to continue. Um, no, I, I, well, I agree. But I, I, I think good luck, good, luck, good luck telling them that. Yeah. If you look at the history of self-storage, where it's come from, what it's done, you're right. If you put anything up in the 90s, early 2000s, it didn't matter. You, you didn't even need to do anything and it was going to fill up. Um, 60s, that, 70s, 80s, 90s. Yep. Just, you, you just stuck it up and it filled up. 
Um, nobody invested in self-storage, like as a percentage of the real estate market, it was just unheard of. Nobody did it. Institutions didn't, right? Major institutions didn't go into it. So you didn't have Wall Street, you didn't have any kind of tech, nothing went into it. Um, but that's changed. And the development cycle that we are in is unprecedented unprecedented over the last five years you have added the so much square footage of self-storage in this country that you have to go the competition's gonna start to be felt and people are gonna have to compete and you really feel that when times aren't good now we just went through covid but the government basically didn't allow anything to stop so if you go into a real crisis that is not lifted up, industry, everything else like that's not lifted up, consumers aren't lifted up by the government, you have something like a 2008 today, that is not the same as a 2008 when it happened and there was no institutional players and there was no mass development cycles, right? Um, and these things are gonna be the difference of those that make it, those that grow and those that succeed. I truly believe that. 20, 2020 was the best year for every storage operator, um, mm -hmm. period. Ever. Like, you know, and you, you had to have a real loser somehow for that not to be the case. Yeah. Um, so, you know, COVID not only drove some innovation and drove some change, but, you know, and let's call it the stimulus check. I, it was funny. I was reading, um, uh, I was, I was looking at something social for my kayak on, on Instagram this morning. And um, it was an electric motor that that could go on the uh, on the rudder and you know, help power the kayak, right? Yeah, because you're lazy. And I'm yeah. and and I'm <laughs> I'm reading the comments with this with this with this part, and the first comment I read is, you know, that's the first thing I'm going to get when I get my stimulus check. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Right. That's what yep. I now think about it. Right. They they. <laughs> Don't think that 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 our industry wasn't helped out oh. by the stimulus that was oh, put out there it because they, you they, could directly see a correlation in occupancy levels and stimulus. Just they like bought you toys, can, yep, they bought mass. toys, they bought new homes. You know, go, go to go to a camping store and try and buy something. Go yeah, to a go fishing to store and try RV. and buy something. Go yeah, a boat, an RV, a motorcycle, a side by side, uh, you name it. Yeah. Right? And so our industry, our industry did very well through this. That doesn't mean we always will. Exactly. Now, you know, I mean, obviously, Lance, we could talk about this stuff all day. This is such an, uh, amazing information and good content. And we appreciate you coming on here and sharing it with us. Um, for anybody that wants to learn more about all this and about what's going on in the industry, everything, how can they get a hold of you guys? Where, they, where, where can they go to uh, contact you? So... You know, Tenant Inc. Lance at Tenant Inc. Um, you can reach out to me. I had so many emails. I could I I could miss that email, uh, but that that would be the 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 best way. Um, reach out to you know any of the contacts at at, at Tenant Inc. Um, and we're a you know we're a full service platform that's building you know technology similar to maybe what you could consider Shopify within the industry, but. Um, we kind of gave up on the dream of people working together and systems working together and data flowing and all that. It's not going to happen. Uh, there's, it's essentially a monopoly now that, that can kind of controls that in our industry. So we're building a platform to put all of those pieces together. And, um, you know, we've been working on that for seven or eight years. And, um, you know, that's, 
that's where you can find me and I'll be there for a while and building this company and providing better service. And the, 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 the driver of, of this company was the customer. That was, that was what we looked at first. We said, how's the customer missing out in our product offering and our service offering and why, and how do we solve for those problems and everything we did, everything we invested in and everything we built was, was started with a, a, you know, a customer story. And, um, you know, I believe if you do that with your business, you'll probably find a lot of success. I couldn't agree more. I love that. We'll put this all in the show notes, everybody. So you can reach out all about tenant Inc and Lance as always. Thank you for coming on, sharing all this knowledge and giving insight to, I think a world that most of our listeners and other people just have no insight in. It's super helpful. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you guys. Definitely. Thanks Lance.